Mike Hager is a real two times best-selling author, an NFT legend, he minted 10 board apes and never sold a single one. How was he able to pull that off? Does he know what other NFT investors don't? Are NFTs still worth looking at as an investment? In this episode, we're gonna find out. Boom, we're live. Mike, how did you get to mint 10 bored apes? Because minting means that you're right there at release and you're the first person to be, let's say, which, which uh, wallet, is, wallet is actually uh, uh, related to that uh, release of that NFT. How did you mint those 10 bored apes? Like how did that came? The truth is I wasn't able to sleep anymore. It was a Saturday morning. I just woke up too early. And as every day on May 1st, 21, since I started with NFTs in February, since every day I woke up, I went to my phone, then went to my computer and it was like Twitter all day long. And I went on Twitter and I saw ape pictures and I saw some tweets about, Hey, I just minted this ape. And I was like, okay, I began on in February. I put all my money into NFTs. I bought crypto punks and I minted this and minted that. And my wallet was basically empty. I was like, okay, how much is one of these board apes? It's 0.08. Okay. I think I can mint two. I minted two and in mint, you, you get some apes. You, you got some apes you didn't see before. And I saw these when they were revealed and was like, oh my God. They look really good. And I looked at the other apes that were on OpenSea already, and I really liked them. And I said, okay, got to get more money. I, I did a, an instant wire transfer through Kraken, mm. from Kraken. I, I, uh, I swapped to ETH. I sent the ETH uh, to, the, to the MetaMask address, and I minted three more. And I got those five apes, and I'm like, God damn it. They look really cool. I really <laughs> love them. I said, okay. I need a round number. I'm a numbers guy. I like, uh, I, 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 I like certain numbers and I like round numbers like 10. Okay. I said, okay, more money, more apes, mint five more. And in the end, I had 10 apes. I, I called some friends actually at that time. I, I said, Hey, there's an NFT project that I think is really cool. Uh, perhaps you should get some. And I have friends that were on the road. Oh, I'm not able to mint one. Uh, other friends said, yeah, I don't know. I'm not too much into this NFT thing and, and all mm. that. And then quite quickly, they minted out like two to four hours later, something like that. They, they were minting, I don't know, I think for three to five days, something like that. I think four or five days. And May 1st was the last day uh, of mint, the last, I don't know, two or 3,000 pieces of the apes got minted. And I phoned the friends and I said, oh, even less apes left, less apes left, because in the end, often minting really picks up speed. And then boom, they were minted out. And in the evening, I, I, I remember that forever, I did a YouTube live. And people always ask me questions in YouTube live. And people said, yeah, Mike, can't you recommend an, an, a new NFT project where we can get in? And already in the evening, the mint price was 0.08 ETH. In the evening, it was 0.45. It was nearly a 6X. And I said, well, this morning I minted something called the Board Ape Yacht Club, and I think they are really cool. And and I saw certain stuff happening on, on Twitter and on Discord that I saw very seldomly at that time. And that was in, in special, especially that CryptoPunks people that have crypt, that own CryptoPunks normally, they only have their CryptoPunk profile pick. 
Uh-huh. But I saw OG CryptoPunk changing their profile pics to Bored Apes, something I very seldomly had seen before. And I was like, when someone with a CryptoPunk changes his profile pic, he really must like this new NFT. And I said, in this YouTube live, I would recommend getting one of the Bored Apes because I know they did a 6x already since the morning when I minted, but I think they can really go far. And I have people that, that bought it that evening uh, and they are still happy and grateful today. They write me emails. <laughs> This is crazy. So, so, okay, so in that situation, you already were investing in those NFTs, right? Oh, yeah. So these, these weren't your first NFTs. No. How much did you actually know? What, what was your level of knowledge about the NFT space at that point in time? Ah, at that point of time, I mean, I, I started to hear about NFTs in January 21. And we talked about that some days ago, because uh, history isn't repeating, but history rhymes. And mm. for me, the rhyme was, I was in Bitcoin in 2013. I bought 30 Bitcoins, 30 euro each. And after that, it, Bitcoin exploded to 950 euro. And I said, well, did I just make from a 900 investment? Did I just get that to 30,000? It was like, woo. And then it crashed down as mm. Bitcoin always does yeah. to 120. And it did some kind of a dead cat bounce up to 180. And I said, God damn it. I made a 6X in, in some weeks. I'm selling that stuff. My heart is not made for that. And then later on, I realized, okay, this was a mistake. I should go back into Bitcoins. I bought some Bitcoins back at, at 3,000, something like that. And at that time, I was asking many of my investment friends, have you heard about Bitcoin? And nobody has ever had heard about Bitcoin at that time. I did not know one single person that had ever heard about the word Bitcoin even. And when I did a little bit of research, uh, I told them, yeah, like digital money, they said it's a Ponzi, it's a fraud, get, get out, don't do that, don't buy that. And that's what, that was 2013. And in 2021, in January, when I heard about NFTs, I again asked my investment friends. And I also asked my crypto friends that I already had at that time. And they said, what? Money for JPEGs? No, don't do that. It's a fraud. It's a Ponzi. It's a, it's a tulip bubble. Don't buy that stuff. Get out. And I'm, I made two mistakes in Bitcoin. I did not put in enough money. 900 euro was not, was not a lot. And I sold too early. And I tend to learn from my mistakes. So when I heard about NFTs in January and not even my crypto friends ever heard about that and it's a fraud and it's a bubble and don't do that uh, and money for JPEGs, I said, okay, okay, I learn. I put in more money and I, I will stay in a lot longer. The Bitcoin mistake brought me to holding my 10 apes for such a long period of time, which is not even a year yet, by the way. Um, so the, I learned from my mistakes. And when I learned getting, my, getting into, into NFTs, it was in February when I did a really deep dive. I started to do the deep dive. As we say in NFTs, I went down the rabbit hole and I never yeah. came back out again. I think I really invested at least 16, rather 18 to 20 hours per day on NFTs because I, I basically stopped sleeping. I had bags under my eyes like that because I could not stop. I had to read everything. I had to learn everything. I had to follow the communities. I went on discords. I, I asked questions. I asked the most stupid questions uh, ever. That's why nowadays when people come to me mm -hmm. and ask me questions, I'm very tolerant because I know that I asked all the stupid questions too. And, and I learned every day, every day. So 
28th of February, I bought my first two NFTs and it's March, April. Yeah, I had, I had two months, 60 days, some 20 hours. I already had 1000 hours of research in there. And I, I really think I, I, I didn't know a, a lot more what I was doing. And I, I got some kind of gut feeling. I, I've been investing for 20 years now and mm -hmm. I, I always invest. Um, when I, when I invest, I try to follow my gut feeling. My gut feeling said, Oh my God, this NFT thing is really going to be as big, if not even bigger than crypto at all, than Bitcoin or Ethereum. Uh, although it's based on Ethereum. Uh, that was my first gut feeling. And then when I do investments, my first, um, my first two NFTs were completely on gut feeling. And later on, I learned that I did the best investment. Which one were they? Uh, like two CryptoPunks. Okay. That was my, that so were my first. These were your first purchases. Were my first purchases, my first two NFTs. Because, um, I saw it, it, funny story, really, really funny story. I have a friend who is super deep in alternative investment. Gold, watches, wine, you name it. And he, he also invests in Pokemon cards. And, and I, I heard about Pokemon cards for years. And I said, Hey, my friend, tell me about the Pokemon cards. I want to learn. I want to understand why people pay money for these cards. Yeah. And then he taught me I invested in Pokemon cards too, because <laughs> they're really good investment. Yeah. And he told me that, that the most valuable thing in Pokemon are the, are the unbroken packs. And people buy these packs. And it was a Saturday and he said, well, you know, tonight, uh, Logan Paul is a big influence. I did not even know Logan Paul. He will, he will open packs and uh, perhaps he's, he's getting a Charizard or whatever. And in the morning, Sunday morning, I, I watched the, the rerun of the live. I went on YouTube. It was live at 3 a.m. in the morning. I was sleeping and it was like nine or 10 o'clock. And I watched that and went, breaking the packs and and then he's promoting an nft that he's releasing and i'm also all the time at that time i was looking for how can i invest in nfts how can i do this what is a way to invest in nfts and then he says yeah the crypto punks and his sidekick says yeah crypto punks the aliens and the, and the apes and all that stuff you have some so yeah i have some crypto punks and i'm like Okay, CryptoPunks. And I went online. I went to the Larva Labs website. I said, okay, to buy this. The, the, the site is great because I did not know anything about NFTs. I went on the site. They, they give a small explanatory how you can buy a CryptoPunk. You have to install a MetaMask. So I go mm -hmm. to the Google Chrome store. I look at the one, one minute 30 MetaMask video. Okay, I install the MetaMask. I put down my seed phrase <laughs> on a sheet of paper for sure. And then... I had old Ethereum because I've been in crypto from 2013, 60 ETH. And I took the 60 ETH and I bought two CryptoPunks for that. And later on, I realized that CryptoPunks are so valuable because they are more or less the first NFTs. Later on, you later realized on. after spending 60 ETH, how much is that in US dollars? Um, 60 ETH in US dollar at that time, I think it was, should be something around 150, $160,000. Although... <laughs> I bought the 60 ETH for 12,000 euro years yeah, before. Yeah, but, but like, like later on, you learned that they're kind of valuable, yeah. but, but what, is it like, like, this is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> I trust my gut feeling. I trusted my gut feeling when I invested in real estate. I trusted my gut feeling in stocks. I trusted my gut feeling in, in NFTs. And when I bought the two CryptoPunks, I swear to God, I, I, I feel my gut is here, like 
everybody else has got. And I felt that this is going to be the best investment I will have made in my whole life. I every, every, every cell of my body felt that. So and if, so for me, that was a, a blind investment, but I know it, I knew it will be the best investment I, mean, I will ever make. With that kind of gut feeling, I would be afraid to, for example, get a six-pack because that might change, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have a six-pack, but it's wrapped in bacon, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well, that that's pretty amazing. But still, something has made you believe that these things, I mean, we always rationalize if, even if we have a good feeling. Yeah. There must have been some logical thinking around why NFTs are interesting and a good idea and worth pursuing and learning all about mm. it. Tell me the reasons, please. Yeah. Put yourself in my position. I'm, I'm always thinking about investing. And I learned very early that alternative invest investing is very interesting. Watches, old wine can be very interesting. And some weeks before... I learned how valuable the collectible market is by investing into Pokemon cards and learning all about that. And now I see NFTs as a, NFT as a technology, but, as, but I also see that this is, is a huge collectible market. And I understood how interesting collectibles are. And I, I'm, always, I'm also interested in art. I also collect art. And I know that the first of something, of an epoch, of a, of a, uh, some, some special way where art development, the, the first ones mm. who did that, uh, the first one is always the most valuable. And I realized that, that CryptoPunks are basically the first NFTs. I mean, some people will, will say, no, there were NFTs before, but most people, um, most people agree on CryptoPunks being the first and mm. them being the first. I also made a big, big mistake because many people said, yeah, apes will never flip the CryptoPunks. So the, that the mm. cheapest ape will be worth more than the cheapest CryptoPunk. And I was the same. I, I said they will never flip. Uh, and they did later on and, and still have. Um, but, um, Really, CryptoPunks being the first was a big sign for me. And it was, I just wanted to, to get my foot into NFT. And you know, as soon as you made an investment of that size, you have skin in the game. And that made my research even harder and longer and less sleep and wanting to know more because I, now I had a lot of money in there. And that, that made, that paved the way for, for all the rest from, from the Bored Apes to Justin Aversano, Twin Flames, one of the most mm. valuable photo NFTs, um, World of Women that I bought for 0.1 ETH and many other NFTs. This is the, the beginning were the CryptoPunks for me and, and really doing all the research and doing all the, um, getting all the knowledge, getting deep into the rabbit hole with the communities and learning about that. Okay, so yeah, it's, it's an, I understand that collectible thinking because this is also, I also openly admit that I like to invest in NFTs because I love collecting them because I used to also collect watches and cars and stuff, but there are like, it's really, it's really not easy to handle. You know, you can just, you can't carry, carry them around and yeah. sometimes it's a safety issue and nice cars are very non, practical practical to to handle to drive and everything so it's so i under, understand that really but if you go like if you have pokemon cards pokemon have been a brand before yeah, since like before the cards 1999 yeah. Yeah, I, yeah yeah you know the the difference for me is 
Pokemon has been a brand before there were cards. If I had like cards of NBA players, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan was a brand before the Michael yeah. Jordan card. If yeah, I yeah. came with, uh, I don't know, uh, James Smith card and nobody knows James Smith and I say, this is the James Smith card, then you might not be as enthusiastic. And the CryptoPunks were nothing. They didn't exist before the NFT release. So yeah. didn't you think about that? Like, Yeah, I, I thought about that. And I have to say, doing my research also included watching a lot of Gary Vee videos uh, who I've followed for years already. And I have to be grateful uh, to Gary about what he, what he said because all that he said made a lot of sense to me. That people are socially signaling. People are socially signaling by wearing a Rolex, wearing a special suit, driving a BMW, a Mercedes, a Rolls Royce, a Lamborghini, a Ferrari. People are always communicating by the stuff they buy, by the stuff they wear, the cars they drive, the houses they have, whatever. Now, the last years, we lived in a, in a life where social communication most of the time was not possible. You had no one to, sh to show your Rolex to because we were locked down, at least in Germany and uh, many other parts of the world. You cannot show, you couldn't show your nice suit, your nice car, whatever. And people do want to, people do want to show this because if they wouldn't, uh, all the luxury brands wouldn't be existing. So, but they exist. They exist for a reason, because people like to do that. And I realized that in this time where people are not able to, to do the social signaling uh, IRL in real life, they have to do it online. And you, I mean, you could take a photo of your Rolex and you could take a photo of your Lamborghini. And we know these people and they're all cringe. You see that and it's like, it's not cool. But, but nowadays having a board ape as your profile pic mm. or a crypto punk or, um, or, uh, um, what else have we got? Azuki is, is quite new now or a cool cat or a world of women. You, you can, you can communicate several things. You can communicate that you're either, um, you can communicate that you're, that you're invested in NFTs for the first part. Then, I can look into the guy's wallet or the women's wallet and I can see, okay, uh, when, when did he start the wallet on OpenSea? When did he buy what? When did he mint stuff? There, there's a lot of social communication involved. And I think in a world that is um, being more and more online, this kind of, um, this, this property right that shows that you have the property right to this digital good um, and the bragging rights that come with this digital good um, are gonna be valuable and already are valuable because we see Eminem buying a crypto, um, buying a, a board ape. We see Justin Bieber, Serena Williams uh, buying a CryptoPunk, uh, Jay Z buying a CryptoPunk, Jimmy Fallon and Paris Hilton buying board apes. We see that that people are doing this. People are doing the, the social signaling by the use of with the use of NFTs. And this this is something that I realized really quickly. I think. I'm mm -hmm. basically, I'm quite stupid. I'm not super intelligent, but that was something like, yeah, people drive Lamborghinis and people will also like that. Let me invest in that. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, but these, these things, these things, especially the crypto funds, they were initially for free. Yeah. So Lamborghinis and Ferraris are sold for a lot of money, but these things were for free. So how can they be status symbols? I mean, 
you could have bought a, uh, a Gerhard Richter uh, picture yeah. in the 80s for, I don't know, 1,000 German mark at yeah. that time. Um, yeah. And later on, he became very famous and very valuable. Mm. So this is, this is what collecting is about. It's seeing stuff that is undervalued and where you can see the potential and having the chance to see the potential play out in the run of months or years or decades. Mm -hmm. uh, this is what alternative investing is about. I see. Um, do you value alternative investing over traditional investing? No, no. I think uh, it has to be a mixture. It, it, it always has to be uh, real estate, also a, bit of, also a bit on the stock market, also a bit in, in uh, gold or like physical assets like, like gold, um, also in art and also a little bit in, in crypto, <laughs> obviously, uh, and also in, in NFTs. So uh, alternative investing is just a part of, uh, of the whole investing game. I see. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I mean, there is like this, this aspect that you have to diversify, but I think at the same time, not diversify too much because you also, if, if, if you are really convinced of something, you don't you want to probably have more than yeah. 1%, uh, in, in that. Um, but, I think, uh, like, but but you instinctively realized, okay, this is going to be a thing and this is going to be interesting, but you already got like the OGs, you know, the CryptoPunks and the apes. Um, what made you, what motivated you to go deeper and learn more about it? Because I can imagine someone like, if I bought a nice car, like, for example, I bought a Porsche Targa, And then I got it and then I'm fine. So what made you actually want to in investigate more and be more in this world? Also, all going back to history, repeating, not repeating, but rhyming. Um, for me, all that NFT stuff was like, this is Bitcoin 2013, rather even 2010 or 11. And for me, I just did not want to do the same mistake again. So mm. I wanted to invest more. I wanted to invest more long term. So I wanted to know more about it. And I, I just wanted to learn. And everybody that goes into NFTs, or not everybody, but most people that go into NFTs are so... They see the community behind it. They see the fun behind it. They see uh, the art behind it. Because I, I minted so many uh, fabulous art blocks, art pieces at that time for 0.1 ETH. Um, I really loved, loved and loved the stuff that I bought and that I have. For me, it, it was like, like a child in a, in a, in a sweet store. I wanted to have more, more, more. I wanted to learn more, invest more. And at the time when, when I, when I minted the board apes, They were, they were not OG. They were no blue chip. The, the yeah. only blue chip I had were my CryptoPunks. But I wanted to, I wanted to see more blue chips and, and uh, I, I like mm -hmm. sniffing around and, and see what could be the next uh, 10 or 100 or 1000 X investment. I just wanted to learn more about it. And that's why I deep dove deeper and deeper. So you were not in the game for signaling, social signaling. You were in the game as an investor, right? Yeah, as an investor and, and, and <laughs> in the game for playing the game. I mean, 
the, the cool thing about NFTs are the communities. I mean, this is the one thing everybody realizes that goes into NFTs, that the communities are really strong and they are the nicest online communities I've met in my whole life. When you've been on, on Facebook since 2008, you, you got so much of the, of the, of the, of the hatred and the commentaries mm. and, and also on, on Instagram is not so bad, but, but you, you know, stuff like that happens. You, and you go there and you read the comments and the controversy about any, some political stuff and all that. And you read it and it doesn't give you good energy. But when you're in the NFT world, it's, it's just like, Hey, that's friends. They, they have the same. I mean, the, the, the people that are interested in NFT, that's such a small amount of people. So that it's a, a very small group of people and you can make I think life, life, long, life, life, life long, long lasting friendships there. <laughs> life, <laughs> life, long lasting friendships there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I remember like you introduced me to uh, your friend, Michael Fang. Yeah, hey, yeah. Michael, you're amazing. <laughs> and he uh, helped me find, choose and buy my own board ape. It was at the time, you know, I, I tried to fill up my wallet, but they made me Uh, go through so much KYC that I got, got really demotivated. And when I made, when I originally made that decision to buy one, um, Eminem came in and bought one and then the price went up by 10 ETH, like in an instant before I was able to actually purchase one because I had, had not gone through all the KYC requirements and that really sucked. So I, I, I pretty much wanted to give up. But then Michael was like, okay, like without me, telling him to do anything he contacted someone some chinese guy and he uh he actually negotiated the price down and i became friends with the chinese guy he's really cool cool yeah, yeah. guy too uh and uh, was still in contact and this is a very nice community so so yeah. michael negotiated uh the, the whole thing down by i think it was like 11 eth or so yeah 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 that's a lot is, of money Yeah, yeah. And that was pretty nice. I mean, this community is really, of course, we haven't met Michael in person yet. You, you, but we did, will, did, we will, we will, not, of course. Not, not yet, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's also, it's so, so interesting because, um, Michael, for example, is a flipper. He, yeah. he, he flipped his way up. I, I know, I do not know, I think anyone else that knows the board ape market like him because he was in like me directly after the mint, but he, he has a, he has an eye for, um, yeah which ape is undervalued and then yeah. he buys it and flips it and he helped you to buy it okay i'm a buy and hold guy you too i think yeah. um, but that is a that is a skill that that many people in the nft space have i don't have that skill by the way i'm not I'm not a flipper at all i'm just buying and holding stuff that i like um, but this is super helpful to have someone like him who says hey okay this this ape is, is super undervalued because it should be x but it is y so it's cool that he helped you yeah thank you thanks for the contact that yeah, was cool. it was really cool and, and that's the good thing about nfts because i said hey michael i have a friend who wants to buy an ape good friend of mine can you help him yeah sure i help him the, the three days yeah. ago michael wrote hey i have a friend he's a, he's doing an nft collection can you can you give him a rating can you look at it can you can you give mm. him feedback i'll do that we, we help each other the the nft community is very very helpful to each other Yeah, absolutely. And I learned a lot about the board apes from Michael, like what to look for, what not to look for, what, what kind of uh, traits people like. Um, a hot tip is, for example, 
look for something that fits well together. It sounds mm. it sounds quite like like common knowledge, but it's not common knowledge because the traits of the board apes are so combined randomly. Probably it's is it generated art, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's generated, right? So, but if you have like something that fits, for example, the t-shirt fits with the hat, then it's more it's more valuable. Yeah. And not every seller actually knows that. They're not aware of, of those dynamics. All it's the called time. clean then. One one of the things, one of the places where I learned the most in the beginning was just hanging out in the punks discord. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have a punk you can verify in the punk discord and other punks will help you also if if you want to buy a punk at, at least at that time that was possible you could go into the discord and say hey punks I want to buy a punk uh, can you guys help me and they would help you look for a, for an undervalued punk uh, to sell to I I even uh, I even saw in, in discord a conversation one time about one guy coming in um, and he said uh, I don't have that much money uh, I want to buy a crypto punk mm-hmm. um, and some some crypto punk owner gave him one of his crypto punks even cheaper so that he can come so that he could come into the community yeah that's so nice yeah this is this is amazing this usually doesn't happen no like stuff like that doesn't even happen in real life so this is why i like nfts and the nft community so much because it's uh, i'm a friendly guy you're a friendly Mm. guy and i look for friendly people and the communities are really super nice and super friendly Absolutely, I I really love them, and uh, but at the same time, there's a lot of criticism regarding NFTs. Like one being, um, I've heard someone say, "Oh, this is basically money laundering because there's value <laughs> being created like out of nowhere and it's out of proportion." And I mean, the, the more friendly people say, "Okay, it's a, it's at least a bubble," and the others say, "Okay, it's." Right out money laundering. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, I think that is what most people say about everything that they have no clue about. So in the beginning, Bitcoin, everybody said, oh, it's a bubble. And then it went down and they said, oh, the bubble burst. And then it went back up. They said, oh, it's a bubble. (laughs) (laughs) And then went down, now the bubble burst. Always the same. Then uh, then the next allegation was, uh, it's only for criminals. Yeah. but we we know that that the, that what is used for criminality most is just cash most of the time US dollar. So there's there's even a study from some weeks ago that says that only a, a zero point something percentage of of crypto is used for for criminality. I don't know uh, if if you can trust that trust that. But this is these are all allegations from mostly people that have no clue. They wanted to invest, but they didn't invest. And then they're fudding fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And they say, yeah. no, that's not good. That's, that's money laundering. People say that or can say that about the art market too. I think FUD is, is, a, is a big coping strategy for people uh, that did not get on the bus. They did not buy NFTs. They did not buy CryptoPunks or Mintboard Apes. They did not buy Bitcoin or Ether. They, because they, 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 they just don't have the courage for that. And when, and then a friend of them tells them, Hey, you should buy Bitcoin at a thousand. Then Bitcoin is at 10,000. Then they say, Yeah, this is for criminality. This is money laundering. This is, they're fudding because it's part of their coping strategy, which is all right. Cause people are people. We, we are all human. We cope with, with stuff that we, that we did not do most of the time. But, uh, I think most of this is, is just, 
I cannot see uh, any evidence for that, that it is money laundering or that it's, uh, I mean, mm. a bubble, everything can be a bubble. And I can FUD everything uh, by saying, yeah, it's a bubble. People that do not buy real estate in Germany, I know people, they say, I won't buy real estate because it's a bubble. They've been saying that for 15 years. Never bought real estate. Real estate did yeah. a several X in Germany. Yeah. Prices. Yeah. Well, okay. Then it's a bubble, but the bubble did not burst and you're not making money in the bubble, but other people do. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. I, I did not buy real estate in, in Germany just exactly for that reason, I yeah. admit. And I also, um, yeah, I also did not take part in the Bitcoin investment thing, even though I do have friends who have like thousands of Bitcoins, which is which I'm really happy for them, but I, I admit that I have to kind of cope with it, that I was so stupid not to take part in it. But I guess I wanted to just focus on, because I know myself, you know, I'm just like, if it, I, I'm so focused. If I'm interested in something, then I just go deep and, and forget everything around me. And if, if I had started crypto or NFT earlier, I would just have, you know, I have neglected other parts of the business of Digistore 24. So I think I was trying to save myself from it. This is how I cope with it, by the way. No, so I'm uh, like, I think it's a good thing because there are studies that show that the best investment is the investment into yourself and yourself is Digistore 24. Yeah. So this is always the best investment. It's better than real estate, than crypto, than NFTs, than everything. The investment into ourselves, into uh, our education on something, into our own business, into our um, personality development. This this will always give the highest yield, always. Yeah, it's. I, I think so too. And but by now, I think the to the topics of crypto and NFT, especially regarding the economy, has become so important that it's also relevant for regular non-crypto companies. Like in my case with Digistore 24, it's a what two company. So um, I am a digital entrepreneur and we make money online, but um, fiat currencies are really at risk. We have a super high inflation rate momentarily. Yeah. And um, and anyone who has some money or who has some business has to think about that. And yeah. we also have to, we also have to think about innovation and how can this development affect me and you? And, um, and it's also a lot of people were talking about using the NFT technology for other stuff, not just art or profile pics, but also for utilities. I mean, directly, I would be directly affected by people wanting to sell NFTs as kind of a membership pass, mm -hmm. which is like a very easy to do and very uh, rational uh, uh, type of product. Uh, or we just were at Miami NFT at the conference. They were talking about real estate. So what do you think about using NFTs as a real estate tool? Yeah, You know me. I have the opinion that everything is going to be an NFT in the next yeah. 10 to 20 years, everything. And for real estate, that's super interesting because when you want to buy real estate or when you want to sell real estate, you have several things you have to do. 
when someone wants to buy real estate, he goes to the seller and he says, okay, I need some, some paperwork. When have the windows been redone? When has the floor been changed? Uh, when did the, when did the new kitchen arrive? How much did it cost? All that. And most of the time people are, or many times people are not super organized. They do not find the stuff. They, they have papers flying around or they threw it away or whatever. In an, in a real estate NFT, when you, when you have an apartment and you say, this apartment is represented by this NFT and this NFT has all the data in itself. When, when has the floor been redone? When has, when have the bathrooms been changed? What kind of marble has been used? Uh, where did the marble come from? Certificate of authenticity. All that can be put into the NFT and and that is the most important thing about all that, the NFT cannot be changed afterwards. It's not like a car where, where you can turn the mileage back because it's a public ledger. Everybody can look into that and you cannot change it afterwards. So you, you cannot fraud someone with, with, a, with an NFT that says that the, that the kitchen has been put in in 2020 when in reality the p kitchen has been put in in 2010. And stuff like this. This can be super interesting. And as soon as these NFT, uh, these yeah, these NFT, these these real estate NFT sales are being done on the blockchain with wallets, then you can also have the broker uh, getting his share through the sale process process trustlessly uh, on the blockchain you can automate a lot of stuff you can you can do trustless transactions you can do smart contracts you can do everything uh, where you need many people nowadays with with less people and with less trust or more trust yeah hypothetically yes but do you think that's in the best interest of for example municipalities and governments to have it that way to have it that easy because there's a lot of people who you know for notaries mm -hmm. they get a hell of a lot of money just by kind of helping create that trust and if you got rid of them um they i i don't know if that's even in the interest in the best interest of the government so how do you see that yeah, I, I think that everywhere where people make money and make a lot of money, you have lobbies. Yeah. And these lobbies will work against that. But sooner or later, uh, the enemy of the, uh, of the good is always the better. And when something is considered as better, more efficient, cheaper, sooner or later, many things will change. And lobbies will have a hard time working against that. Or they will have to use a lot of money to work against that. Yeah, last time I saw that kind of thing was actually with Uber. So I would have never thought that you can have these taxi lobbies, uh, like that you can have them accept Uber. Mm -hmm. And so in some, in, in, in some places there, it's still like a war between Uber and taxi drivers and there yeah. is no Uber in a lot of places because of exactly that conflict because for example, in countries like Bulgaria or Mexico, the taxi companies are run by cartels and drug cartels. And if they're against Uber, then uh, it's not easy <laughs> to go against them even. Yeah. So, uh, but still it happened in a lot of places and I was very, very uh, fascinated about that. Or autonomous driving, it seems like, you know, autonomous driving is really, really 
hard to do because of not so much because of the because of the technology, but because of insurance questions and legal questions. Who's responsible if yeah. someone crashes somewhere, uh, etc. Uh, so I'm really curious how this is going to play out. But I think NFTs can be um, mostly used for utilities that are a little bit easier. So, so what I mean, at least in the near future, what I could imagine that you might not own a house through an NFT, but you could have the utility, aka the right to use it for a certain period of time or maybe for a longer period of time. Yeah, for example. But uh, if, we, if we move away from the real estate, um, I think the, the most easy part for NFTs could be uh, customer incentivization. When you yeah. have a customer, you could, you could always, instead of a normal receipt, give the customer an NFT. So he can collect the NFTs instead of a receipt and then take these 10 NFTs, 20, 100 NFTs and exchange it for a free package or for uh, when, when it's like thousands of, uh, of NFTs for a, a convertible or for a holiday um, or for vacation. Um, stuff like this will happen. So that, I mean, in, in German supermarkets, when you, you can collect uh, payback points, you can, you can collect uh, like these small heart stickers that give you cash back or give you like prices, stuff like that. All these things are going to be NFTs, I think, sooner or later. Because it's, it's more easy and you have such a large market that, that comes after that for collectibles. I mean, um, I, I think in the States they are forbidden, but, but you know in German the, the, the surprise eggs where you have yeah. these, these, these small plastic figures in, in there. People collect that and they pay hundreds of euros for that, for those. They're forbidden in the US? Uh, they, yeah, I think so. Why? Because uh, children can swallow the small parts. Ah, okay, okay, yeah. I get it. Um, and you see, this is like a very small piece that costs a dollar, uh, but there's a collectible market behind that. Mm. And yeah. now when you, my favorite example is always toilet paper. Yeah, so you buy a you buy a package of toilet paper, mm. and then you get the the very nicely designed 3D uh, silver toilet paper NFT. And after ten packages, you get ten silver. You can burn them for a gold one, and you can burn ten gold ones for a platinum one. You can burn one hundred platinums for a diamond. And the diamond gives you a convertible. So the whole neighborhood could say, "Hey, we should all buy this." this uh, toilet paper brand, collect the NFTs, put them together into a wallet, get the convertible and share it in the neighborhood. Stuff like this will happen. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Customer incentivization. You can yeah. incentivize everything with NFTs and you can do it on-chain, provable, and you can, you, can, you can nicely design it, make it as collectible. And then we're not even talking about provenance because... Let let Obama go shopping and get get the the gold toilet NFT and you can see toilet paper NFT and you can see that it is it was in I'm Obama's visualizing it right now. Yeah. You just have to know that. Yeah. <laughs> you can see it it is in Obama's wallet. And sooner or later he sells it. And the other guy sells it and says, Hey, I got the, the golden toilet paper NFT from Obama's wallet. And this is provable. When when we had the German Pope. Yeah, his his old golf was sold, and they said yeah. it's the Pope's golf, 
yeah, you can somehow prove it in the papers, perhaps, okay. But with an NFT, you can prove it because you can say, okay, the provenance is from this wallet to this, to this, to this. And the first wallet was Obama's wallet. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like this will happen. Yeah, I, I think that that's pretty cool. So a lot of companies are adopting um, NFT technology and a lot of them want to go into the metaverse. But like, um, I would still like to talk about the criticism of NFTs. Like I researched people who criticize them and one other point that they criticize is actually, they say, actually, if you buy an NFT, you usually don't even buy the JPEG or the graphic. Usually you just buy a serial number loosely collect, co connected uh, with that uh, JPEG. It points and to the JPEG it, when it's not on, J on chain. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, who, whoever controls that server could take them down and they would be gone. Um, what do you have to say to this criticism? Yeah. So there is having an, an NFT on-chain or off-chain. Having an NFT on-chain means that the code that can produce and reproduce the NFT is on-chain because mm -hmm. storing a, a picture or a sound file or whatever on the Ethereum blockchain would be much too expensive. So you have like all the art blocks um, NFTs are on-chain. The CryptoPunks are mm. on-chain. Many of the NFTs are on-chain. There is even a group of people called the on-chain gang on Twitter yeah. that say if the NFT is not on-chain we don't want it um, and there are off-chain NFTs they where, where in the NFT on-chain you have more or less a, a website it points to a website and then it is uh, um, on IPFS in the planetary file system mm. or, or it's hosted on a centralized server which would not be good because when the company goes down they can take the JPEG out uh, this is this is uh, criticism that I can understand and uh, that's when I think about it it's it's not it, it doesn't make me too happy uh, I'm always happy when I have stuff that is on chain but I do own a lot of stuff that is not on chain and uh, and th these critics do have a point definitely yeah how about the board apes are they on chain or off chain as far as i know they are still um not on chain but as as yuga labs bought the ip for um the CryptoPunks and the mebits uh, which are both on chain at least the CryptoPunks, but i think the mebits too uh, i am guessing they will be working on uh, getting the board apes on chain too Okay. I'm guessing. Um, I am, I'm very fascinated by things like Bored Apes, especially regarding the whole branding that they basically created out of nowhere. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur too. I want to build a great brand. I'm doing all kinds of stuff for it, including shooting interesting videos like we're, we're doing right now. Um, so ca can you explain me uh, like... What might have gone on in the head of the people from Yuga Labs uh, creating this kind of company? I mean, I, I would just like to understand it from an entrepreneurial standpoint. How, how, can you, yeah, how, how can you do something like that? How can you replicate that? First thing is, I do not think that in their wildest dreams, they imagined what would happen after the release of the board apes. I do not think this was a plan they had. So uh, there is a certain certain part of, I think they found a little bit of a magic sauce because everybody likes Coca-Cola. 
or most people like Coca-Cola because you drink it, it's sweet, it's... I do not know many people that hate Coca-Cola, for example. And I hate it. Okay, you hate it. So this, so about this company, Yuga Labs, which created the Board Ape Yacht Club, um, I'm very curious about their thought process because I'm also in the game of uh, trying to build or working on building a billion, multi-billion dollar company. And, uh, but it took me over like 10 years or so. And now they come around and uh, say, okay, no, we're doing it the, the quick way. Get rich quick, <laughs> right? <laughs> we're going to create these generative JPEGs and they're going to be a, a, a huge success. And how can you explain to me as an insider, how does that work and um, how, what they were thinking and how they approached it from your perspective that they got popular? So because yeah. it's all about branding in their case, right? So yeah. how, how that even work? Because I cannot even imagine how it works. Like it's hard for me to even backwards engineer it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it would be hard for them too. <laughs> I think... <laughs> They, they really dug up a gold ladder that they were not aware about. I think they did what most people do. I mean, how did your, uh, your business become that successful? I would say because you followed your heart and you do what yeah. you love. Yeah. Same for me. I follow my heart. I do what I love. I follow my gut feeling. I think for them, it was just a funny way to get onto the NFT or onto the NFT train. And they, they made these profile pics. They liked it and they brought it out and boom, success then happened. And then, then they continued to, to develop the brand. They, they did more branding. They did the merch drops. After that, it was more sophisticated. But I think in the beginning, they just found a secret sauce. It's a little bit like Coca-Cola, because most people that I know, co they like Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is sweet. People drink it. I don't. You don't. But I, most, of, most people like Coca-Cola. And it's a little bit the same with the Bored Apes. You can show, show a Bored Ape to a three- or four-year-old, and they're like, oh, they're cute. You can mm. show it to a 90-year-old granny, and she'd be like, oh, yeah, they're cute. Everybody likes the Bored Apes. And that's why I think the Bored Apes are going to be a brand as big as Coca-Cola in, in 10 or 20 years. I think they're going to be one of the biggest brands in the world. Um, how they are building the brand is just, it's immaculate. Everything they did was just perfect execution. I mean, okay, the, the one, the, the odd uh, merch drop, perhaps some technicalities weren't working right, but they always did great customer support. Um, Everything they did after selling out the, the apes was just something where you, where you saw that they love what they do. They, they are thoughtful with the community. They are very, very, very thoughtful with the brand. And I mean, I think it's all about branding and, and yeah. they, they do the best job in branding. I'd say right now in the, in the whole NFT business. That's why I also think it's good that they, that they bought the EIP for CryptoPunks and Mibits because they're going to do uh, good branding with that too. So, so do you think they, they just, it, was it their first project or did they do anything before? I think it was their first project, yeah. So they, they were like, okay, let's found a company. And what's, what does the company do? Oh, well, the company creates JPEGs and sells them and 
becomes a billionaire. I'm or, not even sure if if they created the company at when the drop happened. I, I had I, we we should read into that because I, okay. I I'm really not sure if they did not um, form the company or found the company later mm. on. But I, I really think they they were not aware of the success they would be able to reach. I really think I really believe that. And and, and yeah, again, many people who owned CryptoPunks that were already like a huge success. I think at least a few 10k or maybe even six figures each at that point in time, right? Oh yeah, or also seven figures when you when yeah. you had an, an alien. An or alien, a, yeah. yeah. At that point in time already, right? Yeah. Uh, and still, they would a lot of them would exchange their profile pics from CryptoPunk, which is a few hundred k or maybe even millions worth mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. money to board ape which which is just which which at that time was just a new thing mm -hmm. why yeah i think this is this is really a part of where you can see how how cool of a secret sauce the the yuga labs guys or the board apes discovered because i i know tweeting at that time about that and also writing in discords that it was very ast astounding for me that people that i knew from weeks being there day and night that had never changed their profile pic, changed their profile pic to a board ape. And that is because I think they just liked what they got because so many of the board, of the board apes pictures are just funny. Like the, the, the unshaven with, with the pizza hanging out of his mouth or, or also the, the, the cool, the, 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 they have the 3D glasses and the holo gang and the cheetah gang. Um, and, and the DMT, they, they had so many really cool and funny ideas also in the drawings of the pictures, uh, that people just, I think, instantly fell in love with them. So you think it's the pictures? It, is, It was what people could see in the pictures. In the beginning, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Because it was like me. I, I minted and I saw the pictures and I said, these look cool. I like them. They're, they're, mm. they, they look funny. They, they, they look just cute. It, it, it's a mixture between funny, cute, children love them, uh, older people love them. Everybody loves the Bored Apes. I, I think they, they really hit a nerve with that. And... And it was really, it was very astounding that so many OGs turned their, uh, changed their profile pics uh, in the days after Mint because uh, they usually don't do that. And that, that was a big sign for me that they could be up to something big. So if I analyze it, it was basically people inventing a new type of comic figure that has not existed in that form before. I mean, there were a lot of comic figures If I can compare that, I think it also was the community. It, not not only the pictures, also the community. Because as soon as you entered the board ape Discord, it, it was really it was like a cage full of apes. You 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 went in there and you said, "Hey, I have a board ape." Everyone was change your profile pic, change your profile pic, or or change the color of your name. So get verified. Change the color. Mm -hmm. Change 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 change. Everyone was <laughs> running around, jumping around, uh, you doing funny gifs and. Nobody was, or not many people were talking about the floor price and where this can go. It was just, hey, having fun. It, I think when, when you have a bored ape and you're, you're left naked in some city in the world mm -hmm. and the only thing you got your, is your phone, you can go into the bored ape discord and you say, hey guys, fellow ape stranded in Miami. Uh, two hours later at the latest, uh, you will get, you will be picked up by, by a fellow ape. 
I think the community is super strong in there. And it's a community that is very friendly, very helpful, about having fun. Um, it, it's a community that is not not too much about money i think it's not about how where i i mean i saw when 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 the board ape floor was marching up to 30th i mean at that time like for some hours everybody was like whoa 30th floor yeah 30th floor i mean people were partying because uh, everybody was like yeah they will never be flipping the the, the crypto punks and and the more successful they became the, the more excited they were and i think this is a big part of the uh, success of the board apes because in the beginning when i started if you wanted to be real og you had a crypto punk you had a crypto punk profile pic you owned a crypto punk and many people like me came into the space and also wanted to be a part of the community and wanted to show that they believe in NFTs, that they have skin in the game, that, that they are on board the train. And the only way to properly show that was owning a CryptoPunk and these were already expensive. People were priced out. And so there is this new profile pick, Broad Apes, and it's, it's picking up speed and people were able to go in at 0.08, which was affordable. And also 0.5 was affordable mm. and one, two, three, five, six ETH was affordable for people. Um, and this is, I th think, why and how people, how many people got on board because they said, okay, I was priced out with the CryptoPunks, but we are, we as a community, as the Board Ape community, are creating the next big thing after CryptoPunks. And the good thing is, it is still cheap and everybody can be on board. It was super inclusive. I think this is a big part of the success. Okay, and did, okay, I understand the thing with a great community. However, did it change? And if yes, how did it change in any way, shape or form? Uh, after, let's say, the big success came in and all the celebrities got on board and whatnot, did that did that change in your opinion, or was it like commercialized? Or I'm I mean, what I what I observed is that um, some OGs, like people that were claiming CryptoPunks when they were given out for free, or buying them very cheap or also um, the the one or one or the other um, board ape buyer or minter were like um, you know those people they they saw nirvana when, when they were on stage in a venue with 50 people and yeah. later on nirvana is playing the olympia stadium somewhere in munich for example and they were like yeah they're selling out i saw them when they were in this club with 50 people I don't mm. like them anymore. You know these, these yeah. indie indie band stuff, and I and I think some some of the the crypto punk OGs or also some of the early board ape minters were a little bit of little bit of coping with that their small indie band now is becoming super successful and yeah. a worldwide brand. I think some did have this problem, but uh, I think most people really liked to see become Bored Ape Yacht Club successful because they are part of the club. It's not the success of Yuga Labs and it's not the success of the brand. It's the success of us all that are in there and also of us all that are in there with a mutant ape and also of all the people that are in there that do not have a Bored Ape or a mutant ape or anything that just like the community, like NFTs and are on board. The community is inclusive. 
the whole NFT community is very inclusive and the board ape community is very inclusive too. Okay. When I it is a, it is an it is an exclusive community that is very <laughs> inclusive. It's a funny thing. Yeah, this is actually some some people who criticize the club. Like like I saw a discussion between two guys and the one was like bring that community aspect and the other one was like no like you have all these rich people now in there and they usually want to be exclusive so you can't be inclusive blah 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 and uh, that's why that question was very interesting for me like assuming or or being a member of the board abr club like what kind of community activities do you actually have and get to have like what can i expect as a board abr club member like community wise You had the NFT NYC, for example, where they did a mm -hmm. big show with uh, Chris, Chris Rock before he got beaten up uh, by Will Smith, uh, leading or hosting the evening. They got the Strokes, uh, they got several famous bands, and it was a club where everything has been paid for, and you mm -hmm. could go there with your profile pic. Uh, there was a yacht ride after that. I haven't been there, unfortunately, mm. because it was still quite Corona-y uh, mm. at that time. Um, and I think they will do a lot more stuff like this. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, events, uh, yeah, yeah. Events mm. where you can, where you can go with your, with your board ape, uh, yacht club, uh, as a, as an entry ticket. Uh, and I think they will, uh, they do all the merch stuff. They do a lot of merchandise that you can, I mean, this is something, for example, yeah. that you can only buy when, when you are a board ape. Uh, and I think they, they will be thinking about a lot more stuff and and uh, yeah i think it's it's just cool i i read a twitter post uh, some weeks ago where um a, a board a fellow board ape was walking down the street with with his ape hoodie on and and a small boy said oh, you have a board ape and he said yes and then the, the small boy said have you been on the yacht because <laughs> <laughs> also already the imagination is okay it's a yacht club you are on the yacht they did a mm. yacht trip at nft nyc uh, i think they they were doing something uh, an event in miami or are about to do it i think there there are going to be more events like that and i could imagine that there could also be regional gatherings and stuff like that i think they they're really building it up more and more like a club That's pretty cool. Yeah, I heard they wanted to start something in Miami. Yeah, and the thing is, when you see a fellow ape on Twitter, and for example, it is a celebrity, um, you can you can write a DM, and uh, the possibility that you get an answer when you are a fellow ape too is a lot higher than uh, if you just write like that. Mm -hmm. Do you think those celebrities are really in it for like... I try to understand their motives. Is it like they're in it for showing off a status symbol or do you think they're nft interested people because i heard like an agency's buying stuff for them why would celebrities go in that space because i'm not really sure if i could imagine eminem or madonna being active in discord and or twittering about the next puck drop or something I think it's several things and they are super individual, like, like we are, uh, we all are individual. I think, uh, one reason is a status symbol. Uh, the other one is showing that you are on board the NFT train and that you also have skin in the game by owning and having bought, um, a board ape yacht club or, or a crypto punk. Um, and I think it's, it's also, 
for for one or the other celebrity to show that you are on board the NFT train and thinking about doing a known NFT drop, which could be a celebrity cash grab mm. and just uh, doing it as a as a as a front investment to get out more money later. Uh, stuff like that can be too. I think th these these are the main reasons and uh, you cannot underestimate that the board apes and also CryptoPunks are so appealing to some people that they just really like the picture and buy it yeah. because they want to own the picture. And don't forget the commercial rights because when you own a board ape, you can open like we, we have a burger restaurant in the US that mm. opened. It's a uh, board and hungry uh, and uh, he uses the board ape for the branding of the company, his board ape. Yeah, I, I, I would be very curious how how much success he has because of the board ape versus a company that doesn't have a board ape. I mean, I saw it on Twitter. I saw it on mm -hmm. Discord. I saw it on several outlets for crypto NFT related stuff. I mm -hmm. mean, look at just the free marketing he got for that. Yeah. I think that's a lot worth a lot more yeah, than what he paid for. Talking the about them here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's that's free marketing. Yeah. And that's, that is also why I think that many big brands like Adidas, for example, have come into NFTs and will, and a lot more will come into NFTs because it's free marketing. Yeah. And, and a lot Or of these, free. a lot of these companies and big brands, um, they, are investing or at least want to invest in the so-called metaverse. And the metaverse is basically the digital space or something like a 3D game-ish kind of world that can be a little bit more like change than so-called reality. Um, so how do you, how are NFTs related to the metaverse and why do you think are those big brands are all investing and interested in the metaverse? So in the first place, I'm not so sure if my definition of metaverse is uh, everybody else's definition of metaverse because I do not think that only a virtual world that you can go inside with a computer or a, uh, a VR goggle uh, is the metaverse. I think as soon as we pick up our phones or are on our laptops and we use Twitter or WhatsApp or Facebook or Instagram or, or TikTok, um, This is the moment when we are already in some kind of metaverse. Because what is the metaverse? It is the meta between the real world and the digital world. And this is basically it. As soon as we're going partly into the digital world, this is already for me the beginning of the metaverse. Then you have branches of the metaverse like digital worlds where you can go into. Um, and I think that brands will always go where eyeballs are. And as just a just a, a bet on the future, uh, Facebook or Meta now says, okay, we are betting because we know how many people, how many hours per day use Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp and, and everything. We see that people are going digitally more and more. And as soon as these, these virtual worlds are getting more interesting um, and then eyeballs are there and brands do want to be where the free eyeballs are. Yeah, I agree with that. It's just like I personally, I'm a digital entrepreneur. I have all the, the devices except for an iPad. I don't have an iPad because, you know, I, my phone is big enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I don't really see the point. 
but okay, some some use the iPad for uh, traveling, and instead of carrying a PC, they carry an iPad, and maybe they have a keyboard for it, and then yeah, it's yeah. kind of re a PC replacement or laptop replacement, so to speak. Um, but yes, I think I am trying to, as a balance to my daily work routine, which is like, uh, I don't know, 16 hours in front of a laptop looking at a screen and in between looking at another smaller screen, um, it's kind of crazy. So I'm trying to actually get away from screens and I would never, like, in my free time, I would rather go and have a walk in nature or, or something like that than putting on 3D goggles and living in the VR world. Um, so f for me, also Elon Musk said that for, it's very hard to imagine people living in the metaverse as not not as you defined it, but in, in a sense of, okay, there is a virtual world and uh, you can uh, move around there. And I saw some funny Instagram videos where people wearing those goggles would actually uh, run into something like <laughs> a wall because they don't yeah. see the wall in the virtual world. How do you see that? Will this be like something that we are we all going to be using? I, and I mean, this definition of like virtual reality, or do you think this will just be for things like gaming, which is already very common, and maybe conferencing? What's your take on the future? I'm not a metaverse specialist, uh, but I, I'm always interested in the future. That's why I'm interested in NFTs. I, th I think there will be certain use cases and exactly what you said. There will be games that are super interesting to play with, with VR goggles because mm. people love gaming. Uh, there will be, I can imagine, conferencing because it gives you the look and feel that you don't have in a Zoom call. Could be super interesting. I think... As always, the adult industry will play a big yeah. part in, in adoption of, of that because we all know what the adult industry can do, is capable to do. Um, so I think there, there will be parts. Um, and I think there will also be, be many more entertainment fields that will try to get you into the virtual reality world because you can do a lot there. I mean, you can place uh, ads like, like you can, I mean, you can look away from, from your telephone when, when you see an ad, but when you're in the VR, I mean, this ad is, is, is really displayed very immersively uh, to you. I think this is super interesting. And I think that not many people are as mindful as you are and try to get away from the screen and out in the nature. I think uh, it's the other way around. More and more people are trying not to go outside, ordering everything online, uh, enjoying their time in front of every screen they can get. Uh, and I think that's the majority. I'm, I'm very worried about that because, you know, they will all get sick. If I'm, you, I'm not worried at all. Not at all. People were worried that when, when they go on the train that goes more than 30 miles per hour, that, that their brains are going <laughs> to... Yeah? People are always worried. But I think 
life is always self-regulating and we will see what is good for us and you will have mindful people that will do not as much of that and you will it's like alcohol you will see people that that enjoy the odd glass of wine from time to time and you will have alcoholics and and it's it's like that for every part of the of your life you will have people that are workaholics and that people that don't want to work at all and you will have people that will live in the virtual reality and people that will not use it at all and it will self regulate always i think people are um people are smarter than we think uh, and we do stuff that we that we like but we are also mindful what would it be when we say this is dangerous? What is the next question? Okay, can the state do something against it? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's, but that's, that, no. that's exactly the thing. Yeah? No, so no. I'm, I'm happy when everybody I, does what, what, as long as it's legal, what they like. And uh, if they're going uh, to virtual reality, I'm fine with that. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, I totally agree with the thing. I, th I think one of the main technology drivers also in the past has been the porn industry. Always. It's like, for example, DVDs were not popular before the porn industry came and, and you exactly. kind of used it. So, and also, I think the same is with the internet. I think most content on the internet is actually porn. Yeah. And it's also probably the reason why it got popularized. Yeah. The yeah. internet. Yeah. So, and, and I think it, it will be the same with for the metaverse. Reality. But, but I, I just, like for me, Like from, from my personal perspective, I just, just hard to imagine. Like, what, <laughs> for me, it's just, it's just not interesting because there's, because there's so many senses that are not, let's say, uh, used. But, but maybe they, they will be. Maybe you will be in some kind of, you will have electrodes all over and you will have sense. the best sense and you will have, or I think, the real game changer will come when they introduce the brain chips of Elon <laughs> Musk. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Neur Neuralink. I, I think people will, I think it, it's going to be a long way to go before people will be um, open to opening their bodies and letting stuff put inside. <laughs> oh, oh I, have to, I have to contradict. There, there have been people who signed up for living on Mars. Yeah, but and, and and there is no ticket back. A promil of of. I would rather population. have a brain chip than live on Mars. Yeah, but I I'd rather swim in the sea than walk through fire. But it's it's just I don't I do not think that a majority of people will be willing to say yeah please open my head and put a chip in. I I don't think so. It's I. I think the, the, but, but the, in, the incentive has to be massive. And yeah. what can the, the massive incentive be? I, I can't imagine one. If you would start a new company as of today, knowing what you know now, what kind of company would you build? I think it's what I'm, I'm about to do or what I'm already doing with, with a partner. We are helping people doing NFT drops. Yeah, that's, that's mm -hmm. what I would do because I think NFT and so, Looking at companies, looking at where they, where do they want to go? What do they want to uh, incentivize with their customers and helping them build NFTs with utilities that bring value to their customers? Uh, this is a company that I would build. And this is a, a side hustle for me right okay. now uh, because I think it's super interesting because I think NFT is going to be the, the technology of the future. Okay. Um, if I want to, make an nft drop 
being myself, an entrepreneur, digital entrepreneur, um, what are the steps? What do I have to do in order to make that successful? Yeah, the first thing is you would have to see what is the definition of successful for you. So yeah. do you want to incentivize the customers you already have? Do you want to have more customers? What do you want to sell them or what do you want to give them? So you would have first have to think about what do you want to do with the NFT? Because it's not about dropping an NFT, making a lot of money and saying, thank you very much for the money and have a nice day. That's not how you do it. it the way is to think, okay, what can I do with this NFT to bring value to my customer? So when you are an artist, for example, or when you're a Digistore 24, uh, what can be interesting as an NFT? So uh, you could say, hey, I take the, our 100 best customers and they get a diamond NFT. And the diamond NFT mm. is, has the utility that it has a special Discord where they get a special customer support. And you can only enter the Discord with this Diamond NFT. And this Diamond NFT can also be sold to someone else who is perhaps not as big a customer for Digistore24 that he would get it. And someone else who got it says, I don't need the support because I know my stuff. He can sell it to someone else who can then get the support. That would be, for example, something where you can incentivize very good customers and you can create a secondary market that drives value to your customer because the one customer doesn't need the support and he can sell the NFT that you gifted to him to another customer that needs the support that then gets a good support, builds his business faster and stronger and becomes a better customer. It's good for the customer and good for Digistore24. And, and then you say, okay, what kind of NFTs do we need? Do they have to uh, have a special design? Do they have, what kind of utility uh, do they have? And, and then you, you think, uh, are, are you doing it on Ethereum? Are you doing it on a layer two like Polygon? What do you want to reach with the NFT? Do you want to make it a collectible? Do you make like a, like a season NFT? Everybody who is a season with Digistore24, gets an NFT and then you can collect and as, as soon as you're 12 seasons with NFT, uh, with uh, Digital Store 24 and that's three years, you get a special incentive by burning these uh, 12 NFTs. You can do all that stuff and it's always thinking about, okay, where do I want to go? What do I want to incentivize? incentivize? How can I drive value to my customer? What kind of NFT do I need therefore? Do I need a special design? Uh, you can do uh, NFT drops with with special artists, for example. You can get world-renowned artists and you can make it collectibles. You can make being a member or, or a customer for Digistore24 something that customers are proud of because they get a very special uh, NFT designed by people or a photo mm. by Justin Aversano or, or, or the, it's, it's like, You can be super creative. You can do everything. You just have to know where do you want to go? Uh, what, what is the, what is the technology I want to use? Do I want to use Ethereum? What kind of NFTs do I do? And then you need a team. You need a good communication. The rest is all the, the marketing stuff that you do with anything else. And then you do your own NFT. You can also do stake the NFT uh, and get a coin for that. And then you can uh, buy stuff in the Digistore store with the coin that you cannot buy, uh, mm. like special merchandise. Woo! The, the, okay. the world is an oyster. Okay, so, so, so um, like m most people want to create art NFTs. Like this is most people I know who ask me, how can I be successful with, with NFTs? 
um, how how would you approach it with art NFTs? I think it's all it's really about giving value and community building and long term thinking, of course. Mm. Uh, how can you actually, for example, build that Discord? Like like what has to happen in Discord so that, so that you build a great community there, next to having beautiful art and a long term plan? But yeah. A Discord, a community should always be an incentive for the one who isn't there. Mm -hmm. the, the community should bring value to the to whoever is in the community. So you should think about what kind of value could the Discord bring. For example, when you are a renowned artist, uh, you can do all your drops through Discord. You can say there is a public sale, and I don't know the the uh, the art piece will be zero point seventieth. Uh, and when you're a, a, a verified member in the Discord that already has an art piece, you can get every piece for 0.5, for example. Better price. That could be something mm. interesting. Or you can do uh, appearances. You can do um, weekly or monthly Zoom calls in the Discord. You can uh, do um, like a, when when you are uh, when you are someone like people working on Photoshop. You can say, hey, we do a live Zoom call and we do a picture together. I, I pick up all your ideas. Okay, uh, name a celebrity, uh, Elon Musk. Uh, name a location, like like improv theater. You you can you can you can uh, paint pictures together with your community. Also here, the, the, the world is your oyster because you, everything you're capable of thinking of is something that you can do with your community. It's just, it always has to bring value to them. Value can be monetary value. Value can be um, social signaling value, bragging rights. Value can be, the community itself can be value. Mm -hmm. Everything. I mean, take for example, um, Alcoholics Anonymous. I think the community is has value for for the people that go there. Value beyond getting rid of uh, or becoming sober. Um, so yeah, this is something I would do. I would try to build up the community first on Twitter, then later. And we're we're doing that right now with with an artist that that came to us. Uh, he wanted to do a drop. His name is Rainer Hosch. His father was a, was a famous photographer. He did uh, um, he did famous photos, uh, war photos, and uh, uh, Praga Frühling. So, mm. uh, what's uh, is he that old? Uh, his father. Ah, his father. His father okay. Sorry. His father's dead. His father died at the age of fifty-two. Mm. Rainer um, became fifty-two on the eleventh of March, and he learned photography from his father. And his father was his icon. So, and Rainer Hosch did all the celebrities. He took photos of George Clooney, Meryl Streep, Warren Buffett, Rupert Murdoch, um, J-Lo, everyone. Um, and we said, okay, we do a drop. His father died at the age of 52. He just became 52. His father was his icon. He learned photography from him. He, we, we made the drop 52 icons. It's 52 photos from 52 icons. One of the photos is his father. And the prices, guess it, 0.52 ETH. And then we, we made community engagement. We made a riddle because we knew that the supply is a lot less than the demand because alone in, in my mentoring group are nearly 500 people and many of them said, hey, I want to buy our Rainer Hosch icon. Mm. So we made a daily riddle. We made a riddle on Twitter and we said, okay, today's icon uh, was 43 years old on the day of the shooting. Who is today's icon? Follow, like, and retweet. 
And the first comment who guesses it right is allowed to buy the, the icon for 0.52. This is something where you, where you can engage with the community. And the funny thing is that we have a utility behind that. And the utility is worth uh, around 10x of the 0.52. <laughs> That's a nice insider tip. Thank you. Yeah. Um, as like a last tip for the viewers or the listeners, um, if someone wanted to start investing in NFT, having no idea about it really, how to start, what are your best tips for starting investors? The best tips is you have to be on Twitter, you have to be on Discord, and please take your time. Don't have FOMO, fear of missing out. Just learn first, put in your at least 50, 100 hours of research using YouTube, using Twitter, Discord, and on, at the, that moment, I would really recommend my book because it takes you two days to read and it saves you a lot of money and can bring you a lot of money. This one is actually in German, but you're also releasing an English one, right? Yeah, I'm releasing an English one on Amazon, on Kindle Desktop Publishing. So it's going to be delivered to any place in the world, I think. That's the German version. It was a, was a bestseller in, in Germany. What's going to be the English title? Uh, Rich with NFTs. Rich with NFTs. Yeah, and it's going to come out in Korea too. Nice. <laughs> the, my, my editor mother. sold the publishing rights to Korea, but I do not know the title in Korean yet. Yeah, probably <laughs> Rich with NFTs. <laughs> yeah, but I, I would like to know the title in Korean, but I don't know. Well, I can find that out yeah, cool. <laughs> for you. Cool. Yeah, they, they, okay. they said I'll get a copy. <laughs> if someone wants to get in contact with you or wants to have more contact with you, uh, like content from you, part of the book, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, um, the best thing is Twitter. Um, Twitter. My, my Twitter handle is Warren himself, like Warren Buffett in one word, or at Nullinger, N-U-L-L-I-N-G-E-R. Um, or they can uh, also go to Amazon, uh, look for Mike Hager, H-A-G-E-R, and look for the book. All right. Thanks, Mike. That was awesome. Thank you and very much, Sven. looking forward to the next time. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was great. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button and never miss an episode of Svencast again.